I remember being in the camp when we were around 450 people strong and then the arrival of 1200 armored troops and I thought how many people will die here killed by official bullets? Juan Antonio Lopez is a member of the Municipal Committee for the Defense of the Common and Public Assets of Tokoa in Honduras. In October 2018, he witnessed security officers attack a group of people who were peacefully protesting a mining project. Following a coup in 2009, Honduras has consistently been one of the most dangerous places in the world to be an environmental defender. According to Global Witness Research, 109 people have been killed since 2012 for standing up against the exploitation of the country's natural resources and protecting their land. This is Defenders of the Earth a Global Witness podcast. I am Vanessa Nakate, and in this episode, we travel to Guapino in Honduras to hear firsthand how those standing up for their rights and the environment face intimidation, threats, false imprisonment, and even death. Guapino is a semi-rural community in the lush, mineral-rich Bajo Agua region in northern Honduras. People there depend on the natural environment for their livelihoods, especially the Guapino River, which is their sole source of drinking water. The community are involved in an ongoing struggle with local oligarchs trying to squeeze every cent of value out of the region while the residents seek to protect their river. It's been going on for decades. In 2011, the area was given protected status as a national park making it illegal to interfere with the region's natural water courses. But just a year later, the no development zone was reduced to allow a new mine that the community say pollutes the river. That set off a frenzy. Many more mining permits have since been issued in the area, even as communities filed legal complaints, held protests, and pleaded with officials to protect their river. Here is Juan Antonio Lopez. The estate of Honduras entered into two mining contracts with the company MCOM, whose aim was to extract iron from within the protected area of the national park. According to the law, that area is untouchable. However, the state of Honduras still created those contracts. Both the Wapinol and the San Pedro River are at risk because the company has a deepening process in the basin of both rivers. These rivers are likely to disappear if these projects are not stopped. And because of that, the community protests arose. For us, it is life, because this river supplies more than 3,000 inhabitants who live in this community. It is part of our being. When the river was dirty, 
It called us to defend it. This is Juan Azunia, who lives in Guapinol and works with Juan Antonio Lopez at the municipal committee. When the river was polluted, what reached our shores was sediment and it was difficult watching our neighbors, who couldn't afford to buy water, have to wait for the dirt to settle, to just be able to drink it. So, this river is our life. If this company manages to establish itself, the river will dry up. We have taken the streets. We have made protests in front of the company, where we oppose to these extractive projects. We also held a conference where more than 3,000 inhabitants decided that we are not in favor of this company. However, our voice has not been heard. Our rights have not been respected. Machismo is present in the fights. They say that I cannot be in the street, in the sit-ins, that women's work is at home. They yelled at us as a way to defame us, to harass us. The military also said ugly words to us, but we did not lower our guard. As a result of this, there is a lot of defamation towards us, especially through social networks, through the creation of false pages where they publish untrue things about our families and about us receiving money because our colleagues are imprisoned. On September 7, 2018, a peaceful protest camp set up to oppose the mine was stormed by armed security guards employed by the mining company. One young protester was shot and seriously injured, but the incident has never been officially investigated. And a year later, Juana's own husband, along with seven other protesters, were arrested. They are still in jail awaiting trial on charges linked to their opposition to the mine. They are accused of three crimes. One, the unjust deprivation of liberty. Two, damages. And three, aggravated arson. It impacts a lot on the family. I often wonder why him and not me. It was me who was most visible on the streets. And he only accompanied me into the camp. But it is easier for a man to be accused of leading a gang group, as the company says, than a woman. However. I think it's time not to shut up. Every pain that life gives us makes us stronger. I tell my colleagues when I see them cry, I feel their pain. It is a pain that I carry inside, but the company is not going to make me shed a tear. This is going to make me stronger. I'm going to fight even for those who have no one to fight for them. The Public Prosecutor's Office, together with the judiciary, have used for almost two years illegal preventive detentions. Against this, we have presented a number of appeals, but there has been no response. Eddie Tabora is a lawyer for some of those arrested alongside Juana's husband. Even the Working Group on Arbitrary Detentions of the United Nations has established that the eight comrades are illegally detained and that the accusations against them have been a form of punishment for defending the environment in Guapinol. Further to this, there is a permanent anxiety on the part of leaders of the Guapinol community because there has been constant intimidation and judicial harassment. Threats, basically, that there are going to be further accusations of crimes. The most serious and perverse thing is that they use people from within the community itself 
to intimidate. For example, gunshots outside the home of community leaders, sending messengers to tell them that they are going to make accusations against them and bring more charges against those already in prison. And then there's the military and police, who instead of protecting the community, intimidate by sending messages that the state has no interest in protecting Wapinol's defenders, but rather in guaranteeing impunity for the company. Those facing intimidation, false imprisonment, and worse for standing up for their rights in Honduras aren't alone. This is a global problem for many people exercising a fundamental right, the right to protest. At Global Witness, we've been monitoring global trends in this area and have launched our own reports and initiatives. The Land Environmental Defenders Campaign specifically advocates with companies and governments for better protections for land environmental defenders. Rachel Cox is a campaigner at Global Witness who has been working on these issues for years. So we work with civil society and partner organisations worldwide to collect data on killings of land environmental activists. We analyse the trends behind those killings and we look at the underlying causes behind why these attacks are taking place. We then work as an organisation or as a team to advocate with companies and governments calling for better regulation to try to address some of the root causes behind these issues. These are people that I would say are on the front line of the climate crisis. They are those that are experiencing the effects more prominently. The impact on defenders is, is often twofold. They are both those experiencing the sharp end of the climate crisis, but they are also those that are seeing the aftermath of industries that are also contributing to that climate crisis. So they are experiencing pollution as a result of, you know, a coal-fired power plant that is burning coal to, you know, power a city. They are people living next to big breweries. That's an industry that's very um, water-intensive and they're experiencing the aftermath of that. Regions becoming more arid both as a result of increasingly dry weather patterns but also as a result of an actual company with a footprint pulling water into its its industry. Or we can read the data to understand that, that these trends are, are global in scope, that often no matter where a community is based, they experience a similar pattern in terms of the types of violence that occur against land environmental activists. We consistently see high numbers of land environmental defenders that are killed after speaking out to protect the environment and to protect their land, their livelihoods and their lifestyles. And this is often after speaking out against businesses, governments and calling for better protections for themselves. Um, we know that in countries where freedom of speech is prohibited, where there are limitations on the press to operate freely, where the right of civil society to gather, to protest freely and communities are met with deadly force as a result of doing so, these are places where we struggle to gain information or gather data on attacks against activists, whether it be non-lethal attack, criminalisation, surveillance, to killings themselves. Berta Cáceres, one of the country's most well-known indigenous environmental leaders, was gunned down in her home early Thursday, less than a year after she won the prestigious Goldman Environmental Prize. She was killed 
like more than 100 other activists since 2010 in what's become the deadliest country in the world for environmental defenders. The case of one of Honduras' most famous land defenders became international news five years ago. Crowds filled the street in this town in western Honduras to bid farewell to activist Berta Caceres. Berta Caceres was assassinated in 2016 for protecting her ancestral land against a proposed hydroelectric dam. In July this year, Almost five years after her killing, a former executive of the electricity farm she was protesting against was convicted of helping to plan her murder. In Guapinol, protesters are only too aware of the risks they take in opposing the interests of big business. Bata Caceres is just the most high profile of the many defenders in the country who lost their lives this way. One of the essential violations by the state of Honduras is the right to life, which is fundamental human right. This is Father Melo, a priest and human rights defender in Guapinol. I have had to give protection to several people and had to provide protection for weeks, months, we could even almost say years, because they have been in danger of not just being criminalized, but of being killed. And behind this, what we have is a state that, from my point of view and experience, is led by a group of people who have been trained to intimidate, sometimes physically, those who defend natural resources. Berta's case is universally known, but she's not alone. Berta Cáceres was murdered for defending a river, for defending the environment, and there are many more who have lost their lives, but they are not as well known or famous as Berta Cáceres, but yet they have been murdered. For Juana Zunia, these threats are ever-present. There was a time when it was hard to be at home whilst the enemy was hanging around, you know, not being able to sleep peacefully. Military men have already visited my house and entered as if it were any other house, as if they had the right. But I'm not alone. We have a group that we call when something like this happens and the community responds. But yes, there is a lot of fear. Our enemy is very big. Just look at the death of our comrade Berta Cáceres, for example. Sometimes it remains difficult, because we're in a country where being a defender means what you can expect is, at the very least, imprisonment. <laughs> Juan Antonio Lopez again. I fear for my safety. I fear for the safety of my family and my colleagues who are being targeted. I believe that in this environment of insecurity and high risks, the future of the municipality, of the common and public good, and even the future of morality is at stake. I believe there will be a new dawn. The night ends when the new day dawns. I don't know how much time will be left for that. But we have to be aware that our life, our step, is short and that transformation takes a long time. But there is some cause for optimism. Eddie Tabora, the lawyer for some of the Guapinol 8 who are still in jail, has hopes that they will be released. We are aware of how unequal this struggle is but we are optimistic that we can achieve success. 
We have already had some good results in achieving freedom for our comrades and have had some criminal cases against them closed. These are important achievements because they go against the political will. Telling these stories and highlighting the atrocities and injustices is just a small part of the fight to protect land defenders. Every day around the world, defenders' voices are being suppressed as land is illegally seized and the environment is trashed by huge conglomerates looking for quick profits. It's an uphill struggle, but Rachel Cox of Global Witness says progress is being made. We believe that by tackling the root causes behind attacks, by understanding the kind of contextual environment in which communities are operating and addressing issues that enable attacks to occur in the first place, this kind of takes us beyond just asking governments and companies to issue better protection. It leads us to kind of advocate for better value systems that drive business in the first place. And as a result, we want to see better community consultation, better environmental evaluation, i.e. The, the kinds of impacts that projects are having, for that to be kind of evaluated and, and implemented more consistently. And for businesses to understand that there is a need for proper due diligence and risk assessment across their supply chains where they identify really the potential for reprisals um, against land environmental activists. Back in Honduras, how do those fighting see the future? Father Melo. I have a lot of faith in the future. We are sowing the seeds of a new society in which I am convinced that we are going to live with the new opportunities and where everyone is equal. Juan Antonio Lopez. What is happening is essentially the same story of the past 500 years. The stories of conquests, colonization, violence, mistreatment, and death. But we have learned from history. Justice always arrives. We are utopians, and that motivates us. And finally, Juana Zunia. There is going to be a very beautiful record of the struggle and the resistance, of all of the suffering we have had for this river. It will leave a legacy for our children, so that they say, my mother fought. She walked in the streets to make this company leave. And I feel that victory is near, that soon this river will be free. The mountains will be liberated. To have that faith, that strength that the community gives us, the confidence it gives me also gives me the energy to continue fighting. This has been Defenders of the Earth. It is a Whistledown and Global Witness production. <laughs>